You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a podcasting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects, grow brand awareness, and create better content. Now that that's out of the way, I would like to introduce my fantastic guest. She is Lauren McCullough. Lauren is VP of Marketing at Visibo, which is an in-person and virtual event management platform. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jeremy. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, so Visibo, that's kind of a fun word to say and a cool name for a company. Just give us like the 30-second overview of what you guys are all about. Yeah, absolutely. So we have been around for more than 10 years. Our founders had the foresight to invent a brand from scratch, make up a word that helps us be distinct and uh, memorable, hopefully, to the market. But we are focused on serving the event industry. So we started back in the day, we were making mobile apps for events and have since grown and and developed to support entire event portfolios. So from in-person conferences, virtual events, Mm -hmm. hybrid events, have really truly ridden the wave of the last few years, pandemic shifts from format, but they're very grateful to be coming out the other end of that, getting back to gather in person, which is is what we love and and certainly is at the core of of what Visibo is. Okay. Very cool. Thanks for that. Now, when we spoke a little bit ago to prepare for this interview, you know, we're bouncing around different ideas. And one thing that kind of bubbled to the surface was this notion of developing a relationship with your audience through content marketing. And I think, you know, our listeners, any content marketer, that'll resonate, right? You're trying to engage your audience, connect with them. But the way you put it was very interesting. Form a relationship, develop a relationship with your audience. So I want to dig into that a little bit. And just starting with what does that mean? What do you mean by developing a relationship? Yeah, absolutely. So I started my career as a journalist right around the time that social media was coming online, becoming mass market. And it was obviously a really disruptive time, but but definitely one that was filled with opportunity. I think really that the question we were trying to figure out was how could we as media outlets and as individual journalists build relationships with our audience? How could we speak directly with them instead of at them? And I think today we see that this opportunity is is what is in front of every brand, but I think especially B2B brands, and there's more urgency to adopt this. You know, I am a company. I want to sell you a product and I hopefully want you to keep buying this product forever. That's in the most simple terms. And so in the past, you know, I as a company, I'd spend money, I would target you, I'd track you around the internet, and eventually, hopefully, you'd convert. But we know that that model is going away. Mm -hmm. And now, whether you're a prospect, whether you're a customer, you have to opt in, literally, for us to talk to you. And we have to think about these people as people, as individuals, and we have to think how can we cultivate and nurture them? Because at the end of the day, we all have needs and more than ever, we all have options. And so I think this is where it really comes back to your brand. We, your brand is what you, it's what your company is. It's, it's how you're perceived. It's how you're received. And I think developing that and reinforcing that so that our audience can clearly understand what we are, what we offer, what we stand for, and most importantly, what they're going to get in return. So I think operationally, 
building a relationship with your audience is really, it's this moment in time where I think we really have to start shifting from transactional thinking into really how are we going to make a long-term investment to mm-hmm. continue to have have an audience that we get to sell to. Yeah. Okay. And I think you said this sort of right up top that it's about connecting with your audience as individual people, right? Yeah. Not just as numbers on a spreadsheet or prospects or, you know, people that we just want their money, but, but like real connection with real people yeah, and developing a relationship, which is kind of a longer term thing than just the, the quick transaction, which is over in a moment. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, it's, it's about that long term. I think, you know, yeah. I think we don't have the luxury to, to expect that, you know, I'm going to show you five ads and I know that, you know, on that fifth ad, you're, you're the most likely you'll ever be to click that link. It's, it's about really, what am I doing every day or every week to show up and, and show you the value that I'm giving you? Yeah. It's interesting. You mentioned, you know, journalism, you have that background. I have a little bit of background in journalism as well. And you're right. You know, with the advent of social media, <clears throat> journalists in particular were, were some of the first to like professionals, to like get on there and start using it, which I think over time has proven a little weird, like a little problematic. Like if you're supposed to be covering the news but at the same time, you're opining on social media. It's like it blurs that line in a way that's, well, interesting and maybe problematic or whatever. But we're not talking about that. But 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 it's an interesting contrast, I think, to content marketers where it doesn't have those same complications. You very much are like your job literally is to connect with your audience in a personal way. I think, I mean, it's a good, it's a good metaphor though, because I do think that, you know, the accountability piece is, is the piece that, that is really relevant for both journalists, but also for, for content marketers, for marketers in general. It's, it's, you know, I don't have to, you can get your, you can buy all kinds of different products. There's lots of different companies that make that widget that you may need at any particular time. And so how can I now have to really prove the value that I'm giving you and and show up and be accountable and have to listen to you when I'm not giving you what you want, you know, and also hopefully celebrate when I am. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. So the the a big challenge facing every content marketer, right, in the B2B space is how do we cut through, you know, all, all these people that we want to connect with and build these relationships with are being targeted by everybody else too, right? All your competitors and so on. And just, it can be so difficult, right, to really cut through and really make a lasting connection when there's just so much noise and content out there. So you have to have a strategy to cut through. So tell us about your strategy, you know, how when you're creating content, how do you approach it so that you have a better chance of actually connecting? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, relationship building, I think it's, it's all about creating journeys. And ultimately, a piece of content is only going to be as good as its distribution. So, you know, for us at Bizabo, for every piece of content that we consider, we really do try to hold ourselves accountable to say, you know, that's a great idea. How is it going to reach people? What are going to be the ways that that this gets out into the world and gets in front of people? So, you know, I think like, let's take a blog article, really, hopefully all of us super familiar with that. You know, the, for us as a B2B brand, we really do invest heavily in thought leadership. And so the majority of our blog content is really oriented toward organic search, 
We have a long list of keywords that we know are relevant to our product, things like event management software, but also keywords that are really relevant to our audience, like event promotion ideas, (laughs) things Mm -hmm. that help them in their everyday. So we write blog posts that are optimized that will hopefully rank well in search over time are going to drive more clicks that come back into our website to kind of see that full article. And so, you know, that's, that's step one. Okay, great. Like we've brought someone in and hopefully the content that we've created is going to really help give them the answers to the questions that they were searching for. We want them to have a good experience, even if that experience is, you know, you come, you get what you need, and then you move on. So obviously we have CTAs throughout the page to other pieces of content, relevant content, but the really the main offer that we prioritize is, is inviting them to subscribe to our blog newsletter. Again, hopefully the content that, that we've given them is so thorough and so high quality that it makes them want more. And so the newsletter that for our blog, that's our softest sell email, very, very top of the funnel. The goal is really, we want to just get in your inbox. We want to give you valuable, helpful content so that you'll keep opening the emails that we send you. We want to nudge you to connect with us on other channels, follow us on socials, subscribe to our podcast. You know, over time, we'll ramp up our offers and we'll nudge you down the funnel to hopefully get to our sales team and and finally give them that at bat that, that they're eager for. But also, I'm okay if you need to stay at the top of the funnel for an extended period of time. I'd rather have you there than be out of it altogether. Right, for sure. And then I think that's just, you're just sort of describing the reality of B2B marketing and, and B2B buying cycles, right? Yeah. People are, B2B buyers are going to buy when they're ready to buy. Yeah. You, you cannot force that action and you just have to stay relevant and in front of, and in front of people so that when they are ready, they remember you. Yep. Yeah. But I think that that comes through in the quality because I think that, mm-hmm. you know, the, the motions are defined, but I think how good is that piece of content? Okay, cool. You converted me. You've, you've done everything you can to, to rank number one or number two on that search result. And I've come to your site, but you know, if that content is garbage, like you're honestly doing more harm than good in mm. some cases, because I'm going to say, Oh, what did I click on? Yeah. <laughs> Let me get out of here. Let me go back. Well, let's dig into that a little bit more then, right? Because that's a good point and, you know, kind of, and and in a way it seems kind of obvious, right? That of course your content needs to be not just SEO optimized to show up, but then when people go to check it out, it has to deliver, right? It actually has to be good. What does good mean in your perspective? Yeah. You know, I think that good is, it's relevant, it's it's useful, it's interesting, it's informative. It it is about me as the the reader or the viewer or the listener, not about the person who's writing the content. And, you know, so I think that that means, you know, for us like we, you know, high quality content costs money and it costs a lot of time. And I think that, you know, it is easier to create low quality content to use tools and newfangled AI technology that is going to churn out results very quickly. But, you know, I think of that as like, it's candy. It tastes good and it can mm. give me quick bursts of energy. And sometimes that's what you need. But high quality content is what sustains you. And over time, it's what's going to nourish your business and drive more impact over time. So I think that, you know, I, I would like, I think for us, our goal is for Bizabo to be known 
as a place that you come to get really helpful advice, to get inspiration, to help you be better at your job. I want you to to achieve your goals yeah. as the event as the event organizer who's coming to Bisbo. I want you I want to help solve your pain points. I want you to look good for your bosses. I want you to get promoted. Those are all the things that we talk about. And I think that, you know, how do we make sure our content is good? Obviously, we get the kind of after we've created it, we're looking at KPIs, we're looking at, you know, the engagement and all of that, but I think also it comes from listening on the upfront talking yeah. to the people that are part of our community, whether they're our customers, whether they're our prospects, and really just listening to to what they're telling us and and trying to then give them what they need. Yeah, reflect that back in the content. Right. For exactly. Sure. So can you give me an example of a piece of content or a bunch of content that you guys have created that achieves that? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm I'm a very big fan of of surveys. I think that they are first of all so valuable for the business, so informative to kind of understand. It's a great way at scale to kind of hear hear what your audience is, what what they're going through, where they're at. Obviously is helpful from a product development perspective as well. But then obviously also has the wonderful dual tri-purpose of, of being able to create more content from it. So over the summer, we ran a survey about in-person sentiment. As, as for our industry, it's been obviously, you know, March 2020, the world shut down. Every, in, every event that was in person either was canceled or quickly kind of pivoted to figure out how are we going to do this over Zoom, over virtual event platforms like Bizabo. And then really the next two years were very much just this period of are we back? Are we not back? Is there a variant? Is there not? And so, you know, as we had, we started the summer in 2022, it was just this really interesting moment where it was like, okay, we've seen, we're seeing in our own platform, we're seeing more in-person events being scheduled, but there's still a lot of hesitancy. And so why don't we go out and let's just put out some questions. Let's, let's just hear from people. Where are you at? What are, where, where does your budget stand this year compared to where it was next year? And, and where's it going to go ne- in 2023? What is the, how has your event tr- strategy changed? What are you thinking about for next year? Are you going to do more virtual events, less virtual events? So we put together a list of questions and then we really, we used, again, the advantage of nurturing your audience is that we have a robust community that we can reach out to over email, through our product, through our knowledge center, through our social channels, and be able to really leverage that to gather enough statistically significant participation to to hear what, what everyone said. And from there, we created an infographic beautifully designed with our in-house creative team that we're so lucky to have. We published that on our blog. We also distributed it to all kinds of infographic sites so that those stats exist. People can reference them. People can link back to us over the long tail. That's helpful. Mm-hmm. And then we additionally, you know, we created even more content. And it's something that, like I said, the any good piece of content is going to be able to be used in, in lots of different ways. And so for us, you know, we had that initial burst of that campaign, but we're still able to reference back. Mm-hmm. We use it in our sales deck, in our talking points in press releases for other announcements. So just getting a lot of bang for that investment. Yeah. Okay. So that's another important element of, of good content, right? It, it can be used in a bunch of different contexts over time and it has like, it has legs, right? It'll, yeah. it'll remain relevant for quite a while. And so I think that, and, and thank you for that example. I think it's a really good example because I think it illustrates what you were saying before about how creating good content is hard. 
or, or, you know, takes extra effort. And with your example, you didn't just write something up or whatever. You took the time to do a survey and essentially do your own research and collect, you know, first, first party data. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not rocket science, right? You created a survey and sent it out and collected. It's like, you don't need a degree in data science or anything to do it, but it does take a while to get that done and to manage it all. And so that's a great example. And I think a good example that any marketing team could learn from, you know, I mean, really any group could at least try to do something like that. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. Cause I do think that, you know, we, we, bias toward being scrappy at Bizbo. And so, you know, we, we certainly, you know, surveys are things that you can hire external firms to do. You can partner, you know, all things that can give you even more data, you know, and also cost a lot more money. And, and so if you don't have the ability to do that, or that's not where you want to prioritize your budget at that particular moment in time, it, it definitely, there's so many tools that you can use to spin up your own survey. And yeah, no, it was me in that spreadsheet you know, just pulling out, okay, this is interesting. And, and then just kind of aggregating, these are the talking points that we're kind of seeing come together from this. And, and then we kind of ran from there to think, okay, cool. How, what are the things that are going to be the most fun to, to visualize the most interesting to visualize? How do we want to do that? And uh, yeah, just slicing, dicing. It's great. So going that extra mile, doing all that work, it it pays off in the end, right? You're able to create much stronger content backed by data, essentially. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's the data that we can continue to use. Yeah. So what's your main takeaway from our discussion for marketing teams that want to build stronger relationships with their audience? Yeah. I mean, I think that the, there's just no time better than today than to really start to think about the people that you're talking to, you know, and I think especially in, in B2B marketing, you know, we think a lot about the companies. We think about the companies that use our product or the companies that we want to surround to get them to use our product. But at the end of the day, everyone's a person and, and everyone's a person who has their own sets of priorities. You know, I, I recently saw a stat that, you know, last year, the average tenure for a CMO in the United States was just over three years. And, you know, as we all know, and certainly we all have experienced in the last couple of years, that can be even shorter for middle managers, for individual contributors. So, you know, I think really challenging yourself to think about that relationship and that opportunity that you have is like, I might be speaking to you today and you might not have a need for Bizbo. You might not have the budget. You might not have the influence. But in your next job or even the job after that, if you have a relationship with with Bizbo, if you feel really positively toward it, you might then be in a position to buy my brand. And and we're really we're grateful for that. And that that's really what what we're focused on is is really building as large of that following and that participation, that community as possible. Absolutely. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for all this. Final question. How can people connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So I am LF as in Frank McCullough, M-C-C-U-L-L-O-U-G-H, my last name. I'm that everywhere. So on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Instagram, if you like mid-century modern collections of housewares, that's primarily what my Instagram is these days. So definitely encourage you to, to check it out. And I would love to connect. I love talking about content, audience, all of it. So thanks yes, so much for well- this opportunity. Oh, well, thank, thank you for your time. And we're going to, we'll link to your LinkedIn and to Bizabo on the, the show notes. 
so people Amazing. can easily connect. Well, Lauren, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Jeremy. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.